0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome to the latest edition of, of Inside the Huddle with Hoosier Huddle. I'm your host Sammy Jacobs. Joining us is our other host TJ Inman. Uh, today we are finishing up talking about uh, our uniform uh, opinions, uh, who has the best, who has the worst in the country. Uh, we're also going to step into our top five series and look at the opposing quarterbacks of iu and who are the best ones they played we put out uh tj put out a piece uh this week and uh we we should have a good time discussing that anyway uh we're ready to talk some football and uh we're just waiting for for tj to come aboard um so it's some, some major announce or minor announcements, nothing uh too important, uh, but some major announcements via uh Media Day. Uh Jason Spriggs, uh, Darius Rayner and Nathan or Nate Sudfeld uh will be IU's uh player representatives from uh for Media Day. Uh Nate Sudfeld was there last year and the two other ones are are there for the first time, so uh the season is slowly drawing closer and uh it, it's getting very exciting. And once Media Day uh comes it's July thirtieth. IU um IU's day is July thirtieth. They changed the format of Media Day a little bit. Uh so we will be up there. Uh either me or just me or, or Nick and I will be up there and uh we uh, we will have full coverage. IU is set to te- take the podium uh at 1 p.m. I believe that's central time since it is in Chicago uh at 1 p.m. on July 30th and then players uh meet players and other coaches meet with the media uh a little later that afternoon uh at the from 2:45 uh to 3:15 at the podium and there's a round table from 3:15 to 4:15 so we will have a jam packed July 30th for you uh, TJ, welcome to the show. How are you today, and uh, glad you could jump on with us. I'm doing very well, Sammy. It's uh, good to be back on. Always look always forward to the podcast, and I hope our listeners feel the same. Yeah, you know, the, the podcast is a great way to start uh, gauging how many weeks are left. I believe uh, we have eight podcasts left until the season starts, although that may change if our format changes for games uh but there are now you know eight weeks uh on saturday there'll be eight saturdays until uh kickoff i did want to mention
0: um that i think it's pretty interesting about um adarius rayner being named as one of the immediate day representatives um you know it's not a guarantee but it's certainly another very strong indication that Darius rayner is going to be starting on that defensive line at uh, one of the tackle positions, um, or I guess the tackle position uh, for the Hoosiers, I, I, I know that Kevin Wilson um, has spoken has spoken glowingly about the work that he has done this off season and during spring ball. Uh, and I think we all just kind of, well, at least I did. I kind of overlooked it and thought that he would be a, you know, a definitely contributing piece. But I, I guess I didn't um, didn't really think about how high his standing actually was on the eyes of the coaching staff, and I think it's safe to say that he's going to be uh, starting on the defensive line based on the comments plus uh, the honor that Kevin Wilson has given him by taking him
1: to Chicago with him. Yeah, it's definitely a a big honor for all three of these guys. Um, You know, Nate Sudfeld being a quarterback, he went as a junior last year. Usually it's all seniors who go. Um so it was a big honor for Sudfeld and this is the second time he's get to, he gets to go. Uh, they have a lot of fun up there. Uh Media Day it's it's the first day of the season basically. Um it's it's kicks off uh the two thousand fifteen season. Uh they had new questions. It's it's uh it's almost like opening day but without the games. If opening day got rained out for baseball, this would be it. Uh but it, it's uh Hopefully it's nice and warm and and people get to watch our coverage or uh read our coverage and and get into the season cuz after media day it, it flies by.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Kevin Wilson uh he he's usually pretty forthcoming um and honest about about how he feels about things during media day uh especially during the Q&A. Um he's one of the better coaches in the Big 10 at giving you you know, pretty insightful answers. He's not going to give away any state secrets or anything like that. But uh, I think you will be able to at least learn a few things just by um, you know, kind of the answers that he gives to to what he's asked and and uh, the things that he chooses to talk about when he's given the open open media sessions. So um,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm it, curious it, to see
0: it'll...
1: to see where he's at. Yeah, well, it'll definitely be interesting, especially what happened in the off season.
0: Um, yes, but.
1: Yeah. You know, if if you go in there or if you're a fan wanting to, to know about that stuff, I'm going to go out on a limb. Well, it's not really a limb. But, I, I you know, I'll, I'll say that he's probably not going to say much. Uh, Antonio Allen is still an open legal matter. And I think he wants to, you know, Wilson wants to focus on the upcoming season. So we'll try to get a bunch of questions ready for our fans uh, that – don't have to deal with all the off off the field stuff. Um, those I'm sure will be asked by some people, uh, but we will ask about on the field things. Uh, maybe who who's going to fill in for uh, when since Allen is left? Uh, how special teams can be improved? They ranked in the bottom ten last mm-hmm. year on special teams overall. Uh, you know, cornerback depth is going to be an issue. Uh, even you know a few quarterback questions. It's been a question for three years now. But quarterback, you know Nate Sudfeld's a starter, and uh, he's kind of leaning towards redshirting Diamond, But you know wh- where does it go from there? Who uh, who takes up that backup role, and uh, what happens if God forbid Nate Sudfeld gets hurt? Um, so anyway, TJ, I want to uh, get back, finish up our uniform uh, talk. I believe we had the Big Twelve, and our our worst uniforms left. And then we'll wrap that up and, uh, head to your top five series of opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did want to, um, I, at time, uh, talk
0: about the sec. Um, uh, you're absolutely right about LSU. I did want to mention uh, the Georgia bulldogs, or as I call them, the Georgia damn bulldogs. Uh, if you Watch squid Billy. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I think that they've got a, a really, really classic look. Uh, the gray pants, red uniform uh, with that just pretty iconic G helmet. Uh, and I, I think they've got a really nice shade of red. Um, and then I, a look that I think has really been updated recently um, and upgraded would be Arkansas. I think they have a really clean look, just red and white. Uh, I really like the Razorback logo. Um Monty the Arkansas, they're at the Big Twelve. Uh, this is a tough one. There are a lot of uh, a lot of really interesting looks in the Big Twelve. Uh, I went. I was I was really hard pressed to choose between West Virginia and Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, they've got a few too many things going on. Um, so I'm going to choose West Virginia as long as they stay away from the gray, which I know is a nod to the coal industry there, but. Um, when they go just kind of the clean blue and yellow, I really like the look that they have. Uh, so those are those are my, my picks in the Big 12 would be uh, the Halloween look of Oklahoma
1: State and then the, the just clean blue and yellow of West Virginia. Yeah, and we'll bring in Nick Holmes here in a second to go over his picks for the Big 12. Um, you know, in the SEC I said LSU, and uh, that that's my all-time favorite uniform, uh, for the Big 12, again, I, I, I'm a traditionalist. I like the look of Oklahoma. Um, it's plain. It's traditional. Um, but if I was going to go somewhere other than that, uh, you're right, West Virginia has a great look with the blue and yellow. Uh, but I, I, I'd go with Oklahoma. Uh, Nick, how about your pick for for the SEC's uh, best uniform and the Big 12's best uniform?
2: Well, I don't think you can go wrong with in the Big 12, there's only maybe one or two uniforms that I'm that I don't like at all. Um, I would have to say, out of the out of the four Texas schools, uh, TCU is my favorite. I don't like the new uniforms that they introduced this spring. Uh, it's supposed to look more like a the scales of a frog. It looked a little bit more like digital camo. Yes. Um,
0: yeah.
2: As I agree far with you. It, Yeah, it was just. They had a good thing going there for a while. They did. Uh, Nike, yeah. Nike did, and it's like now you now you might be trying a little bit too hard. Almost like Adidas does. Yes. Yep. And then when that uh, SEC, the same bit, you have a lot of really good options, and I would have to say Ole Miss would be my favorite, just because you have that that navy blue. The red. You can throw in some gray, and it doesn't feel forced like other schools.
0: Do you, do you like the uh, the kind of the baby blue? I don't know what they call the lighter shade of blue that they've gone with a couple times, almost as an alternate. You like the, the, the baby blue look that they have?
2: Yeah, the, the powder blue. I, I don't really sure. have a problem with it. I think it. I mean, I think it, for a change here or there, uh, not a big deal. It's not totally radical, but yeah, they're probably my favorite. I. I read something the other day pretty interesting about their their uniforms. Um, They were, I guess they were going for the uh, Harvard Crimson and the the Yale Navy Blue, and that's how they came up with their collars. Whether that's true or not, that's that's what I read on Wikipedia, so you take it for what it's worth.
1: That sounds good. Yeah. Yep, all right. Uh, I think that will go real quickly uh, before we get into the uh, opposing quarterback. What's what's the worst uh, uniform out there? Syracuse, Syracuse, Ooh, yeah, they're
0: bad. They are really bad. They they have just a. I mean, they've got this great orange color that they have decided to mostly turn into like a metallic look, um, almost like a dark metallic. Or the other option is that they just take all the color out of their uniforms and be gray, which. I don't understand that trend of a lot of schools recently. If gray's not a school color, why are you
1: wearing it? Yeah. Yep, that's just Uh, like black, uh, when when how you went to the black uniform.
2: Well, my my case would also be a school that that went to the black. It's completely unnecessary, and the rival wears black a lot. It was when North Carolina uh, started using it as a primary color in their uniforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. there are a lot of bad uniforms. Um, it, it's it's amazing how, how many how, how many bad uniforms there are. Uh, I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> there's so many. Um, Some uh, you know, basically my all-time worst in any sport is those Vanderbilt pinstripe baseball uniforms. And those are just <laughs> clouding my head, <laughs> but those are are god awful. Um, but you know if. There's just so many. I don't like the. Yeah, I'll go with the Adidas ones with Nebraska and Wisconsin. Those two have been the worst uniforms I've ever seen. Um, and those alternate throwback looks are just got off. There's a there's a reason they got rid of them, and that's because they're garbage. Um, so I I'll go with those. I I know they probably haven't broken them out in a few years, but um, uh, listen, if anybody who's related or you know got a, a, a tie-in with adidas please burn those uniforms and never bring them back uh because they were <laughs> hideous um so we're going to transition now uh into our opposing quarterback pj you wrote a piece we all voted on our, our top five uh quarterbacks that iu will be um facing next year uh so you know big 10 people if you're listening to this uh we Did not count the teams that IU doesn't play. We didn't count Nebraska, Wisconsin, uh, Northwestern, or Illinois, or any of the other teams that they they don't play. So here's the list based on uh, what we voted. Uh, We had, we'll go from uh, bottom to top. At uh, number five, we had C.J. Beathard. Um, This was a hotly debated one at five. Uh, Beathard uh, takes over at Iowa for uh for Jay Grudock who was transferred to Michigan. Uh, and uh just guys, uh we'll start with uh we'll start with T J uh wh- why did you put uh Bethard number five?
2: Well
0: uh I actually I did not have um uh, at five on my personal list. He was the number six for me and I think we all had him uh he was kind of the, the generally seen as kind of a fifth or sixth um, amongst us, which is why he ended up where he did. Uh, I His numbers did not look great last season, but um, I think there is some potential with him. Uh, he throws the ball a little bit more down the field than Rudock did, takes a little bit more of a chance with the ball, uh, does a better job going through his progressions as opposed to just dumping down, which is what Rudock consistently did. Um definitely not as much of a game manager when it's looked at in the pejorative term. Um, I I think that one of the things that I had a hard time with, um, the top four were very easy for, for me to decide on. Number five, uh, it felt like we were just picking up fit because we decided to do a top five, and I, I don't think there really is a, a high-quality, proven number five option. Um, we went with Bessard, but it could very easily have been a number of guys um that i you know we ended up just putting them under that as kind of a best of the rest without ranking them because really the bottom uh i guess eight quarterbacks that I used gonna play uh were also similar in terms of either inexperience or just the lack of production i mean there's there are a ton of question marks with these bottom eight guys uh I, I just i think that better probably has the most talent
1: out of those on that list yeah i uh, i mean um i, I was debating Rudock there uh as well um you know Rudock is the guy he's not gonna win you a game uh he's not gonna lose you a game uh he's somebody who will you know complete you know eighteen of twenty two passes and throw for like two hundred and ten yards it uh, dumps down and that's That's why Iowa went with Beathard was because they they got kind of tired. They needed to stretch the field vertically a little bit more uh, since their running game is is, uh, non-existent almost uh, now, which is hard to believe uh, because when you think of Iowa football, you think of uh, great running backs and big offensive lines. uh, So... uh, Listen, it's a t- it was a toss up for me. if you put either one at five, I uh, I'm fine with that. Um it just depends on on your what you like as a style of play. Bethard could stretch the field a little bit more, um it's a little bit more risky. Uh but I Bethard at number five is, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I I think, you know, the curious thing about Iowa, we'll we'll get into them much more extensively, but um just when I was doing research on Iowa for a team preview and on this conversation, uh, the general consensus amongst the Iowa fans that I, I found on the Internet, which take that for what you will, but it, it's a Black Bart Gold Pants is a, a, a good blog. They've got a pretty good fan community. Um, the, the general consensus was that Bethard was the guy that could help them win games, not just avoid losing them. Um, and yeah, when their running game sense. was struggling the way that it was, they went with the, the fans were wanting to go with Beathard. Um, you know, whether or not you think that that offense under Greg Davis and Kirk Ferentz is anything remotely friendly to any offensive players, you know, that, that might might limit the ceiling of, of him as a QB. But that's what he we went with. Uh, number four, Nick, if you want to talk about Number four, which I think a lot of people were probably surprised about, uh, Christian Hackenberg.
2: Yeah, I mean, Hackenberg obviously has everything you're looking for in the the pro-style quarterback. He has great size, good presence in the pocket. Um, the biggest question mark for him has just been his offensive line and them giving him enough time to survey the field. Um, you know, he should be higher based on potential alone, but until he actually does it in a game consistently – it's it's really a hard time to justify him any higher on this list, especially when you consider the guys we have above him. Now, there's a guy above him that you can just say is a system quarterback, but he has performed um, quite well, quite consistently. So, yeah, that's that's why I think I felt comfortable putting Hackenberg at four. I mean, he might be the best pro of the four that are remaining on our list, but right now, college quarterback, he doesn't deserve to be any higher than the three that we got above him. Yeah,
0: yeah, we all had Ackermanberg yeah, at it, uh,
1: at number four. Surprisingly, it was a unanimous choice. Yeah, after watching games last year, and a lot of it's not his fault. A lot of it was was on the offensive line, but he he looks to have uh, what they call happy feet uh, and, and just rushed throws. Couldn't get it through there. It's, it was just a very frustrating uh, uh, season for him. So uh, yeah, uh, comfortable putting four. I know. It's, uh, he might have been higher on on some people's list, but I I had him pretty far down, just because I saw him play last year. I've watched most of his games from last year uh, again, and you know his potential is there, uh, but sometimes potential is is what it is. It's just potential. It doesn't uh, it doesn't manifest itself. Uh, so we're going to move into uh, number three. Um, I, I believe that my computer's freezing up, but. Uh, I think it was um,
2: we have Connor Cook Brandon or Brandon
1: Dowdy. Brandon yep. Dowdy at number three, uh, which is which is uh, is pretty good. He's an awesome quarterback for Western Kentucky. He led their uh, offense uh, to record-setting uh, performances last year. Uh, so Brandon Dowdy at three. Uh, we don't know. Really, that much about him. His games aren't always on TV, uh, but he puts up the numbers. He's shown he could beat uh, big teams in big games, Uh, so that's that's why I had him at at number three. That is, uh, it's very fair. For those that
0: have not seen Western Kentucky play, you are, if you're an IU fan, it might not be considered a treat, but it's going to be a a really, really fun game uh, when the Hilltoppers come to Bloomington. Uh, I think September 19th, I think, but week three. Um, yeah, Dowdy they were just under 5,000 yards through the year. He had 49 touchdowns to only 10 interceptions. Uh, what stands out, you know, he had the third-best passer rating behind only, um, I think it was Marcus Mariota, and I'm not sure who was second on that list, but um, just, I mean, really, really tremendous numbers. And, and like Nate said, he could be considered system quarterback, but, I don't, I don't really. That doesn't matter to me so much when you have those kind of numbers. I mean, that's not just a gimmick. That is talent, and you know, it's going to be very, very difficult for IU to slow down that offense to anything, um, anything less than you know, 350, 400 yards passing would be considered a, a tremendous job by the IU defense. So, he's going to be a big time challenge for the Hoosiers. Number two uh, for us was was Connor Cook, um, Michigan State quarterback. That uh, you know the stats are not as gaudy as uh, what you had with Dowdy, but you know Michigan State does not attempt to run as fast a pace. They don't attempt to air it out as much. Um, but Connor Cook has has really developed into a really good quarterback, um, and I, I think his development. Has pushed Michigan State from a very good team to a you know a Big Ten title contender and a, and a perennial you know big time bowl bowl game team. Um, you know Cook threw for over three thousand yards, had twenty four touchdowns, eight picks. I Think what stood out to me uh, when I was when I was doing the research on him: eight point four yards per attempt, which is really really high. Um, just for reference points. Uh, Christian Hackenberg only had 5.1 yards per attempt, so you're looking at over three yards difference there. And that that might not sound like a lot, but that is a that's a really big gap when you're talking about yards per attempt over the course of an entire season. Um, you know, yeah, Cook uh, does not make a ton of mistakes. He's he's a really really talented player. He's going to be a tough tough opponent uh, for the Hoosiers.
1: Yeah, uh, I I. I I think Connor Cook is overrated a little bit in the sense of uh his footwork is god awful at times. Um and if he's improved on that, he could he could be a really good pro quarterback. Um but last year, uh there are times where he's on fire and then there are times where he's terrible. Um and a lot of that has to go with his footwork. If his feet are not set, he tends to hop a little bit, and if he hops, there's no power on his throw and it tends either to get knocked down or intercepted or just not be as accurate as um as it could be. Uh so that that's why I was hesitant. I know a lot of people have Connor Cook as number 1 uh guy even above all three Ohio State quarterbacks. Um but that's why I I put Connor Cook down on my list. I just fundamentally I think he has so much he needs to clean up. Uh his receivers last year were amazing. Uh they made Unbelievable catches against IU. Uh, they made unbelievable catches all season long. Uh, he's going to have new receivers this year, uh, so we'll see how he transitions to that. It's not an easy thing. Um, so, uh, number two, I think the talent's there. If he cleans up his footwork, I, he could vault the, to the end of the season as as the best quarterback IU ha, will play um, this season. Yeah, number one on our list,
0: and uh, Nick, you can – talk about this three headed monster, um, the Ohio State Buckeyes quarterbacks, which we didn't choose one because uh, you know, I'm guessing who it's gonna be is speculation and it didn't really have an impact. Any of the three, I think we all felt pretty good about having them very high, either one or two, uh, on our individual lists and they came out number one on our official Hoosier Huddle IU opponent list. So, Nick, if you want to talk about um uh, maybe those three individually, but just the Ohio State offense as a whole that makes these guys so special.
2: Well, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from them because they're obviously all talented. Um, You throw me back there, and I I think I might be able to put up at least 200 yards through the air. But nonetheless, um, it doesn't matter who they stick back there, whether it be Braxton Miller. Obviously, he's a little different animal than the other two. And Cardell Jones, um, definitely the most pro potential of the three. What's his nickname? Is it 12-gauge? Yes. Yes, yeah, he's big boy. Um, I mean, he's got the most powerful arm. He he obviously showed it in the team's two two or three biggest games of the season. Um, I mean, there's really not anything bad you can say about those three. I just Urban Meyer's got a really difficult time deciding, you know, who's going to be my quarterback. But at the end of the day, does it really matter.
0: No, I, I don't. I, I think that it might... Um, well, I think that if one of them has separated themselves, then they are probably the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if none of them have separated themselves, then we know that all three are pretty good and the weapons around them are so good, combined with the schedule not really being all that difficult. So I I think that if there is one of them that... Stands out above the rest. They'll be an easy choice, and if if the three of them stay pretty close together, then I, I think the Buckeyes will be fine. And, and we'll talk about their team in general. But there's there's very little to worry about uh, if you're in a Ohio State form.
2: If I had to choose, yeah, I mean, I would take Braxton. I would Braxton would probably be my least uh, favorite out of the three, just because I feel like the other two do a little bit better job of getting the players the ball in positions to make plays.
0: I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. If I were choosing, I would take Cardell, uh, Cardell Jones and just their teams to figure out how to stop him because, uh, it wasn't shown earlier. And if, if he proves to be just a flash in the pan, well, you've got, you know, very capable backups right behind him. So I, I don't think the Buckeyes have anything to worry about at QB, but you know, we'll, we'll see how that's shaping out. And uh, I'm sure it's something we'll talk about if they do make a decision before the season. But uh, One thing I did want to ask, you: who do you guys think if we were taking the entire Big Ten, so adding in guys like Wes Lunt, um, adding in maybe, well, just adding in the rest of the Big Ten, uh, Tommy Armstrong, I guess, at Nebraska, where do you think that Nate Sudfeld falls in at this list? Do you think he falls behind Dowdy ahead of Hackenberg, behind Hackenberg ahead of Beathard, um, maybe Lunt goes ahead of him or Armstrong goes ahead of him and he's not in the top five. What, what do you guys think?
1: Oh, man, that's a tough question. Um, see, I would have to put him behind OSU, behind Connor Cook, probably behind Hackenberg. Um, just last year when he was healthy, he had some great games. And he had some, he had some really bad games. Uh, the opener against Illinois or at Indiana State, uh, he threw for 111 yards. Uh, Maryland, he was terrible. Um, so, until he puts together a consistent performance, and I know it's a senior season and it's flown by, and he's put up some gaudy numbers uh, in his entire career, I, I, I would put him probably fifth, fifth or sixth on the list uh, right now.
2: I would do the yeah, same if they're sick. Fair. Yep, I think that's fair. Potential yeah. move one for
1: last sure, point, especially if he gets some help from uh from his receivers this year.
0: So Yeah,
1: you know, well, potential there to, to one, move up that list. Yeah, one last point on uh, on Ohio State before we get out of here for the weekend. Whoever they choose, I don't think they lose that much in terms of talent. Uh, they all do something a little bit different um, and something better than the other. Uh, but their biggest challenge might be uh, the locker room. Uh, right now, there are no problems uh, in the Ohio State locker room that we know of. Uh, but if it does turn out where one guy thinks they're deserving to start, you know, it could boil over. And team chemistry is is a big deal. Um, But other than that, uh, you know, I I would take the, the approach of, I want to see who I'm playing. If this guy matches up better against the opponent's defense, I'm going with that guy. And all three guys should be prepared to start. Uh, That might not be what urban does. That's just what I would do um, is to say, what's the strength of their defense and what's, you know, what does our guy do to beat that? And, uh, you know, they're all very similar quarterbacks, but they each do something a little bit different than the other Braxton obviously is probably the best athlete on of the three um JT Barrett is also very good he's probably not as explosive he's also coming off a broken ankle um and then Cardell is is he's just a tank um he can run he can throw the ball 70 something yards in the air uh so it's uh it's yeah that's what i would do uh but anyway guys thanks for jumping on with us uh today. Uh, always a pleasure talking football. We should start breaking down some some more meaningful uh season season news here in a little bit. Uh we've got media days coming up in a few weeks. I think Nick and I might be heading up there. I will be heading up there, but uh, so well, we might have two people up there, which will be which will be great and then uh hopefully uh you know Hopefully, no more bad news, and, and we can get into game previews. So, thanks, guys, for jumping on. Thanks. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll keep
0: having the countdown, and uh, we'll have uh, team previews plus running backs next week. Top five running backs. So that'll be fun.
1: Yep. Yeah, and then, uh, and then we we still have our throwback series. I know it's going to be no fun until the Purdue game comes up at the <laughs> almost at the tail end of it. But um, it, it's good to know where you've been and. and so that you know where where you're going. So, guys, thank you for jumping on. Keep reading HoosierHuddle.com, and we'll speak to you next week.